Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, NCC. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each and every one of you here. And if you're our guest here this morning, if it's your first time or if you're watching online for the first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And we're excited that you're worshiping with us. We are a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And it's just as God is changing us and he's transforming us and we're being made new, that spills over into the people that God has placed around us. And ultimately, it brings a change to the places and the communities that we live in, that we're seeing them be affected by what God has done in our life. Before I jump into the message um, today, I just want to share a quick update with you. We have had the privilege over the past seven years of hosting an event um, for our community, and it started in this very room. There may be a few of you that remember that where we gave away a few backpacks and a few bikes, and over the past seven years, that has grown. And last year, um, with the Mesquite Back to School Fair, we had over 6,500 participants, gave away thousands and thousands of backpacks on the day of the event, and then even later, um, as the school year started, we gave away a few thousand more and had medical screenings, all of these things, um, physicals, dental screenings, vision screenings, all of those things, to resource families and kids and students as they got ready to start the school year. And over these past few years, we've wanted to just continue to deepen our partnership with MISD. And all along the way, we didn't want this to be an event that was just about us as New Community Church, but we really wanted to champion the school and what they were doing and really come alongside of the school district to, th to see them be successful as kids started the school year. So this year, as we've been praying about it and talking with the ISD and just looking at how we can deepen that partnership, um, we're going to be transitioning the leadership of that event over to the MISD. And so what this means is even the announcement that we just made is we want our partnership to be throughout the year, not just focus on that one day with all of the resources that we're doing. And so with the Moms Day Out, with the Read, Play, Talk initiative, those are things that our church is going to be doing all throughout the year to really invest in kids. Now, I want you to hear this. We're not backing away from the vision that God has given us to be an agent of change in our community. And so we're still working with the ISD in this event, but they're providing the overall leadership to it. And so it may look a little bit different. The structure of the day may be slightly different as they're kind of transitioning and taking that over, but we still want to serve alongside of them. And so I want to encourage you to mark your calendars down for this date, August 19th. This year, it's going to be at three locations. So the two high schools that we were at and then we're also adding Sharing Life, one of the local nonprofits that we serve with here in Mesquite. And families are going to be able to go there as well on this day and receive resources. And so as soon as the ISD gets their volunteer kind of sign-up form ready to go, we're going to be announcing that here in church. We'll be sending it out on, um, via email because we want all of us together once again this year to participate in this event and to make an impact with our school as we serve alongside of our school district and resource families on that day. So make sure that you save that date. And then once again, look in your emails and then we'll be announcing it here at church, um, how we can serve together in our community. 
This week is the last week of this series in Acts that we've been doing. So we've spent the past four weeks talking about God's Spirit filling up our lives and how God said that in His Word, that His Spirit is going to cover the earth and that He's given us His Spirit as a resource so that we could share our faith, that we would be a witness. We would have the power of God to be a witness wherever he's placed you. So whether that's in your school, whether it's um, in the marketplace, in your community, around neighbors, around family and friends, that God has given us his, his spirit so that we can use that to make an impact in others' lives. And so we've been looking at this the past few weeks, and I want to remind you this morning as we look at God's spirit at work in the world, that this isn't just for people that you may think, well, they're mature Christians or they've got their stuff together, or they've been doing this a long time, but God has said, I want to fill you with my spirit, every single person. I want to fill you with my spirit, every believer, that you could go and be my witness. Not just for those that have been serving me for a long time, but every one of us. And that's part of our next steps. And whether you realize it or not, it is vital that you have conversations with people who aren't in a relationship with Jesus yet. And it's part of your growth that you look for those opportunities. And so all throughout the book of Acts, we've been seeing that on the first week as we talked about that, being filled with God's Spirit. Last week, as Pastor Spencer covered that of the church growing and they're breaking bread and they're meeting together and God's Spirit is filling them and the church is growing daily because of that. And then we're going to look again today about how God's Spirit is at work through us in the world around us. You know, I've been the pastor here at NCC for about three and a half years, and before that, I was a missions and outreach pastor at a different church. And so my job was to help the church kind of engage with nonprofits and organizations and city um, kind of organizations around the area that we were at, but also to go overseas. And so I was in a number of different places. I was in Southeast Asia and Central America, South America in the um, Caribbean. I remember the first trip that I took to Haiti. And I've been in some impoverished areas, but had never experienced anything like that. And was overwhelmed right even as we landed on the ground and were starting to drive through the city. And I was just taken back by the poverty and still the devastation from the earthquake um, that had happened there. And we were with the missions organization. And so as we traveled every day, I wanted to sit in the front seat. And we had the same guy, his name was Kalo, um, an amazing guy who was taking us through the city. And so I sat up front and I was trying to talk to him like, hey, what's going on over here? And it was clear within the first few minutes, Kalo could not speak English that well. And I cannot speak Haitian. Okay, so we had a, an issue there. And in my mind, I know this wasn't going to work, but for whatever reason, I thought the louder I talk to Kalo, he's going to understand me. Maybe you guys have seen this, right? So I'm like, Kalo, what's going on over there, man? And he's sitting right next to me. So, and it's not helping. Like his English is very broken and I'm trying to communicate what I'm saying. But I was just so intrigued by everything that I saw and I wanted to know so much. And I had to remind myself, okay, just because I talked to him louder, it's not going to help. But what did help, what I found over those next few days as he drove us all around the country was whenever we talked about things that we had in common, or things that we were passionate about, things that he could see, he could kind of explain them to me. And so I felt, man, that's the best way to have a conversation is to find something that we're both passionate about or that we both know or that we kind of relate to. And it opened up the conversation a little bit more than we were trying to talk about things that we didn't really know that much about. And we see this in the book of Acts. Paul does this so well. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 17. And we're going to start reading at verse 16. It's on page 540 of the Bible in the seat in front of you. And so if you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. You can reach down at maybe one or two seats over and take that out. Turn to page 540 and follow along with us. 
Once you have that, you can hold on to that for just a moment. And in case you don't know what's going on in Acts, as I said, Jesus has died. He's been resurrected. He's ascended back to heaven, and he's given his spirit to the church to continue the work that he was doing. And so the church is growing. It started in the city of Jerusalem, and it began to expand out, and then it faced um, some intense persecution. There was, in essence, this terrorist at that time named Saul who was persecuting the church. He was imprisoning them. He was um, physically harming them, and then he was killing some of them and trying to shut down the church and what Jesus was doing. Until one day when this man named Saul is on his way to Damascus just to do this, to try to stop the church in Damascus, Jesus stops him right in his tracks. And he has a vision of who Christ is. And his life is radically transformed in that one moment. This man that was opposing the church, that was killing Christians, all of a sudden in one moment turns around and he begins to preach the very gospel message that he was trying to shut down. And then we see now Saul, who has become Paul now, begin to travel, not just in Jerusalem, but all around that area, begin to share the message of Christ. And he goes on his first missionary journey, and he begins to tell others about what Christ has done and begins to spread the gospel. And that's where we pick up here in Acts chapter 17, verse 16. And so we're going to read a little bit longer section of this part of the Bible, but just follow along with me, and let's look at what God's Spirit is doing through Paul. This is what it says in verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens... His spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And they said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said he seems to be preaching of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know more about this new teaching that you are presenting. For you bring some strange things to our ears, and we wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all of the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along, I observed the objects of your worship, and I found this altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man or, um, or is not served by human hands, as if he should need anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for indeed we are his offspring. Being therefore the offspring of God, we not, ought not to think of the divine being like gold or silver or stone or the image formed by art or the imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day of judgment that will come in the righteous man whom he has appointed. And he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard this resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And they said, we will hear you again about this. And others went on their way out from their midst. But some of the men joined him and believed. Among them were Dionysius the Areopagite and a man named 
or a woman named Demarius and others with him. So what's going on here? Paul finds himself in this city of Athens. And he's sitting there day to day, and he's waiting for the group that he was traveling with to join with him. But Paul is by himself, and all of a sudden, his spirit is being provoked inside of him. And and he's seeing what God is doing, and Paul, being led by the Spirit of God, finds himself in a place where he never thought he would go. And I want you to get that this morning, that whenever we're led by God's Spirit, God's Spirit will take you to a place you never thought you would go. And this is what I mean by this. This is what we see in this passage Paul was a Jewish individual, okay? He studied under some of the most esteemed, some of the most well-known scholars of his time in the Jewish theology. Ever since being a little boy, a tiny child, growing up to the man that he is right now, there was one thing that was instilled in his mind, and it was part of the Ten Commandments. You don't worship other gods. And so for a Jewish person to be in a place where there were idols was unheard of. You didn't do that. It was unclean. And they believe it was a sin, like it would reflect on them. You didn't interact with pagans or Gentiles, people that were not of the Jewish faith, right? And where does Paul find himself? He finds by the leading of God's spirit, as his spirit is being stirred, he's in this temple full of idols, hanging out with these pagans, people that were not of the Jewish faith, and he's trying to share with them the love of Christ. And there was probably no way in his mind he would have thought of as a little boy, hey, that's where I'm going to hang out. That's where I'm going to spend time. But that's where God's spirit leads him. And he finds himself in this place of trying to share the message of Christ, the love of Christ with other people around him. Why? Because God's spirit was working inside of him. God's spirit was doing something inside of him and leading him every step of the way to have the right conversations with the right people because God knew what he wanted to do to bring his church into the city of Athens at this time. Now, you and I, so many times we read this and we think, but God, that's different, right? Like Paul's a different person. These people are different people. Like they're thinking spiritual things. Like, like they're kind of open to that. And so that's why Paul can do that. But he's not different, you guys. He's just like me and he's like you, okay? Most of the cities that he goes into, he works a normal job. So he's just living among the people. He's in the marketplace every day. He's having these conversations. And the people that he's talking to are the people in your life. That's what the Epicureans were. They were just normal individuals. They were the scientists of their day. And for them, everything had to be logical. You know that person in your life. They were the atheists of their time, and they didn't believe that there was a God, okay? What they believed is that the world around us was simply what you could see. And there were these particles and molecules. They didn't have the words that we use, but these particle molecules that just kind of randomly came together by chance, And that as they formed, they kind of evolved over time until mankind and the world around us, the physical world, is what you see now. That after you die, there is no heaven or hell. Your spirit or your soul or kind of your body just goes back into the ground and your life ceases to exist. That was the Epicureans. That's what they believe. That's who Paul is sitting across talking to. Does it sound familiar? It probably does because most of us know those kinds of people in our lives that are intellectual and have trouble wrapping their minds around the concept of who God is. Paul didn't probably think in his life he'd be in those kind of conversations, but he was because that's where God's spirit leads him. And then you have the other half of the room, the the stoic philosophers, and they believe that God was in everything. 
That's why there's so many idols. God was God of the moon and God of the stars and God of the grass and God of the trees and God of the animals and all of these things. And they didn't want to miss them anywhere. And so they just kept on creating idol after idol after idol after idol because they didn't want to miss God and even an unknown God. Maybe there was some God out there that they would miss. And so they even made a statue of him. And they believed that, you know, everyone's a part of God. And so when you die, your soul kind of gets absorbed back into God and that's who he is. And so we just kind of all worship together this universal kind of high power force that's out there. And Paul's sitting across from them probably thinking, what am I doing here in these kinds of conversations? But this is where God's spirit has led him because God wants to show his love to people that probably would have never walked into the synagogue or would have never walked into a church service. You know them in your life, those kinds of people. God's spirit leads us into those kinds of conversations. And as I was reading this passage over and over again, I was thinking of a story in a book that um, I was reading, uh, it's probably about 12 years ago. And it was of two pastors that God's spirit led into a pornography convention. And if I didn't have your attention, I bet I have it now. And it wasn't like they just showed up there one day. It was kind of this process in their lives. And they're pastors at a local church in California. And one day these two prostitutes walk into their church. And they're saying, hey, we have, like, we have a need in our life. Like we can't pay our utility bills or it was their rent or something like that. And we're asking if the church can somehow help us out. And these two pastors feel this sense from God that, man, we need to not only help them financially, but we need to do something we need to start a relationship with them. And I know I need to be careful how I phrase all of this in this story, right? But, but it was a good thing. They were like, hey, we, we want to get to know the real need in their life. And through that, they actually started ministering to other ladies that were involved in that kind of lifestyle. And it was just a few months later that they found themselves at one of the largest conventions for adult films and this type of things in the United States. And they're handing out scriptures and having these conversations with people. And they set up a booth at this convention, and they offer free makeovers. And so they bring in hairstylists that are Christians and makeup artists that are Christians, and they sit these young women down, and they begin to tell them, you have value, you have worth. God sees you as his daughter. He loves you, and he has a plan for your life. It opens up more conversations. They begin to rescue some of these girls out of that lifestyle, get them an apartment, teach them um, some skills and, and some different things that they can do um, in help to be part of a local church. And they're able to interact now with directors of adult films that they thought, you know what, they would never have a conversation with. And who would have thought that God's spirit would lead two pastors into that kind of thing? You wouldn't think that, but God opened up a door. Why? Because he wanted to reach some people that were in that setting. And they were probably never going to come inside of the church that these guys pastored, but God's spirit wanted to send them to the place where they were at. Now, I need you to hear this. That's not a model you can replicate, guys, okay? You, you can't do that. It took so much, and I don't have the time, of accountability, of boundaries, of things that they placed in their life so that they wouldn't fall into a temptation or into a sin. You know, so they had these great systems in their life and people around them, but God was calling them to go to a place where they never thought they would go. And I'm here telling you this morning, it's like that in your life. 
And it may not be that exact same place. It may not be a situation like that. But there are conversations that you're thinking, I can't have. And there are people and family members in your life that you're thinking, they're not going to listen to me. And God's spirit is saying, hey, I want to take you there. I want to open up those conversations. I want to place you in those situations so that you can bring my light, you can bring my truth to people that may never walk in the doors of a church. But I want to send you, I want my spirit inside of you, working in you so that you can reach those individuals because they need to hear who I am. They need to experience my love. And so God's spirit does that. He takes Paul out of his comfort zone and out of his environment to place him in those situations. And church, so many times we miss this. Can I be honest with you? We fail as the church as a whole here in the United States because someone comes, you come and you commit your life to Christ. And so many times we fill up your entire schedule with church things. And you're here on Sunday morning, and then some churches have church Sunday night, and then Wednesday night, and then there's special group activities. There's all of these things, and you get so busy. How is God's Spirit going to lead you to do these other things? You can't, and you lose that sphere of influence that you had before you came to Christ. And God's Spirit, as He fills us, isn't wanting us to create a Christian bubble, you guys. That's not His goal. It's that we would live in the world around us and that God's spirit would lead you into places maybe that you never thought you would go and he would use you in ways that maybe you thought you would not be used and that God's light would go into some of the darkest places in the world so that you could bring the light of Christ and the love of Christ to those people. And so I love it, church, when I hear stories like that of God taking you into bars after service, after last service, people stopped by the Connect Center. One guy, he said, hey, the opportunity's just opened up. I'm going into jail, not to be in jail, but to go and to share the love of Christ with people. Another person said, hey, I was just at a party this past weekend, and I was able to pray with someone with stage four cancer. They came up to me and said, can you pray with me? Another person that wasn't living for Christ, they heard what I was doing, and they asked me to share a little bit about what Jesus was doing in my life. I had that opportunity Church, that's where God is calling us to, is to be around people who aren't just in the church world, who aren't just Christians, but to go and share that light with them. Now, I want to challenge you with this is that doesn't mean you sin, okay? That doesn't mean, hey, well, I can commit sin so I can reach people in sin. No, that's not what God's saying. It's that your life would reflect Christ in some of those darkest areas so that you could bring the hope of Christ to people that need it the most. And that's what God's spirit is wanting to do. He's wanting to take you into places that maybe you would never go or conversations that maybe you would think, I can't have those. And God wants to use you and fill you with the spirit so that others can be changed and impacted. Not only was God's spirit leading Paul to a place where he never thought he would be, God's spirit was already at work there. And he was asking Paul to point it out. And I want you to get that God's spirit is at work in the world around us, is working in the world you and I, we just have to point it out. We have to point to what God is doing. And I love this. As I read through this story, Paul, Paul is being led by God's Spirit in such a way. And he doesn't start like so many of us would think he would start. He doesn't look at them as he begins to talk about Christ and say, yes, can you open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah? And let's start in chapter 51 and talk about the Messiah. That's not where he starts. Why? Because half the people in the room that he's talking to don't even believe in God. They don't even think there is a God. And he doesn't say, well, let's go to the Bible and let's talk about Jesus because the other half think, well, God's in everything. So where does he start? He starts with, with what's right around them. And he said, oh, yeah, there's been this longing in you that you didn't even know. 
God's been calling, God's been working. You even made an idol to an unknown God. You didn't even know what you were searching for, but what you were looking for that you didn't know about, I'm here to proclaim to you now. I'm here to point out what God is already doing. See, church, I want you to understand this. Paul wasn't bringing Jesus to the city. Jesus was already there. Paul was pointing out what it was that God was doing, how he was already calling people, how people that didn't even know it, that were searching for something, trying to figure out something, they didn't know what it was. And Paul comes in and he points, hey, that's Jesus that you're looking for. It's Jesus that you're longing for. It's Jesus that is going to answer those deep questions and the struggles that you have in your life. So what does he do? He points to an idol. That's odd, you guys, because the Bible says you shall not have any graven images. But what happened? God looked, God's spirit working years before when some artist was fashioning that. And God said, you don't even know what you're doing, but I'm going to redeem that. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying God told him to make that idol. God says, hey, you don't know what you're searching for, but I'm going to redeem that and use it as a way to point you to truth. There was some poet that sat down in his desk and he didn't know what he was writing. He was writing about God, but he had no idea who Jesus was. And he's pinning these words that we're the offspring and that God lives in us and moves in us and breathes through us. And he doesn't fully understand what he's saying, but God looks at that and he says, hey, I'm going to redeem that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use what you're searching for and that longing in your heart to point people to who I am. See, God is at work in the world around us, and our job, church, is to point out what he's doing. When people don't even know what they're looking for, when they don't have words for the pain that they're going through and what they're facing in their life, it is your job and my job to point out how God is at work in the world around us. That's the calling that we have. That's what God's spirit wants to do through us is to meet people right where they're at. And so let me show you a few examples how that happens, of what takes place with that. Students, you're around other people, and you see them, and they're listening to music, okay? And they're in the coffee shop, they're in your school cafeteria, they're at the pool in the summer, whatever that is, and I can guarantee you some of what they're listening to is some longing for love, they may not fully understand what that is. It's searching for something more, some meaning. There's some depth there to those songs that people are writing, and, and they're looking for something. They may not fully understand what that is, but they're searching for something. And I'm telling you, church, your biggest opportunity to share Jesus may be on iTunes top charts, where God could somehow use what people are looking for and what they're searching for in their life to start a conversation with who he is and what Jesus has done and what God has done. And although there are tons of artists out there and they don't know what they're writing, Christ can look at that and say, hey, some of that I can redeem and I can use, my church can use that to point to me and to point to who I am. See, it's that opportunity, it's being led by God's spirit just like Paul was. It happens in other ways too. It happens in the media around us and you and I, we turn on the news and you're watching the television and you see a nation that's divided. You see a nation that's broken, that struggles with issues of racism. We don't like to talk about it, but it's going on here in our nation. That there is political divides, like we can't get along with each other because of the political parties that we support. And there's economic division. All of this is going on. And yet you look in the church, just look around this room this morning, 
and we're from different backgrounds. We're from different races. We, we probably have different political views in this room. But you know what? We're united around one thing of who Jesus is. Why? Because God's at work in the world around us. He's doing something, and he says that in the book of Colossians. I'm taking everything in the world. I'm taking what was divided, and I'm reconciling it to myself through my son, Jesus. And you start to look at the world around you, and when people are asking questions about that, all the division that's going on, you point to the community of faith. You point to what's happening in the church, to this story of new community church where people can come together, and all those there's differences, we're united by one thing of who Christ is and what he's done in our life to make us new. See, God's at work in the world around us, church. He's moving. This one last opportunity that I want to point out. I have this beautiful picture of Jason and his family, but it represents families in your life, in your workplace, people that you see. There's that new employee that comes in, and they say, hey, I just moved here into this area, and that should be a flag for you. That should make you listen. That should make you pay attention. When that person says, oh, we just had our first baby, that should make you pay attention. We just sent off our oldest, just graduated from high school, and now they're going to college. That should make you pay attention. Hey, we're struggling in our marriage. We're having problems with our kids. That should make you pay attention. Why? Because change that happens in people's life is an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity for change. And when you hear that, you need to allow God's spirit to use you. What's already taking place in their life and begin to point out how God can work, how God can move, what God can do in that situation, that when they're feeling all alone, that there's a community of people that can come around them and help them when they're struggling in their marriage, that they can turn to God's word and that that word can shape their life and bring hope and restore love in a marriage that was broken. See, we need to be people who allow God's spirit to point out what God wants to do in people's life all around us. And so many times, church, we miss it and we assume, well, God's just working inside of these four walls and he's not. And his spirit's not inside of you just so you can get goosebumps and you can feel good when the worship team sings or when you come into this place or when there's a time of prayer. That's not why he's filling you, church. He's filling you so that you and I can go to places that maybe we never thought we could go, have conversations that maybe we never thought we could have. And we can point out what God is doing and how God wants to change and transform people around us. The question is, are you going to allow his spirit to fill you? You're going to be open to the moving of God's spirit and what he wants to do in your life, how he wants to use you, where he wants to place you. That's what was happening here. That's what we see in the book of Acts. And I just want to close with this. This is one man. And we see this in the book of Acts. God is growing his church, right? It starts in Jerusalem. Persecution happens. It begins to spread. And Saul becomes Paul. And this man begins to go out, one man, and begins to share the message of Christ. He leaves kind of the church body that he knew, and he sets out to share in Athens, in Iconia, in Lystra, in all of these towns, in all of these places, Hey, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who wants to be involved in your life. There's a God who has given himself for your sin and for your mistakes so that you could be restored back into a right relationship with God. And he finds himself in Athens one day. And there's all of these people in the city. And as he shares the message of Christ, he doesn't change the whole city, you guys. 
He does it. When you read that, what, it, what is it? It's Dionysius, it's Demarius, a few others, right, that hear the message of Jesus and they're changed. And so Paul is able to influence just a few more. A few people start to be added to the church, and then Paul leaves. Like he goes on his way. But those people, they go back into the city. And now when they're at the marketplace, when they're talking with people, they're being led by God's Spirit. And slowly, as they continue to reach out, God's Spirit is adding to the church. And what begins to happen is all over that region, as people are in their workplace, they're at school, they're in the marketplace, people begin to be added. And God's Spirit is at work. And pretty soon the church isn't just in one place, they're spread out all over. And they're moving and they're listening. And God is building his kingdom and he's building the church. Why? Because one person said, I'll be faithful. I'll be led by God's spirit. I'll go. And can I be honest? You may not be like Peter and stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach and 3,000 come on that one day, but you can be one person that's faithful. You can have that conversation. You can be in that place. You can allow God's spirit to use you. And maybe what you do, it affects someone else. And that affects someone else, and that affects someone else until God begins to build his church and establish his kingdom all over this area. The question, though, is, church, are you going to allow his spirit to fill you? And it's like we said, it's not a one-time thing. It's not you come in this moment and you pray for God's spirit to fill you, and then you're good. It's an everyday process of coming and saying, God, I need you today. I don't know who I'll talk to. I don't know the family members that I'll be around on 4th of July or the friends that'll be there. God, I don't know what to say when I walk outside and my neighbor's out there and he waves at me and I have a chance to walk over and talk to him. I don't have the words to say, but God, you do. So I need your spirit to fill me today. And churches, we're open to that. I believe his spirit is gonna lead us into places and conversations that we cannot imagine. And that we're gonna have the opportunity to point out what Christ is doing and what he wants to do in people's life that they don't know about yet. And that Christ will use things around us to show who he is in his love. And I wanna just pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask our prayer team um, that's helping us this morning if they would just come forward. And we're just gonna end this service praying together. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything, maybe you're saying, I didn't know God was at work, but as you're talking this morning, God's spirit is just showing me some of those things, moments in my life where I know he was there and I don't have that relationship, but I need to start that today. If that's you in a moment, you're gonna be able to come forward and and just have someone pray with you and encourage you in that. Or maybe you're saying, man, I don't have God's spirit, but I want him in my life. I want him to fill me up and I want it to overflow and I want him to lead me and guide me and I want someone to pray with me about that. Then in a moment, you're gonna be able to come and to pray with someone. Or maybe you have a prayer need for any area of your life, sickness or finances or work or any of those things. We want to join with you in prayer. But we're all gonna take a few moments And we're just going to ask God's spirit to fill us, whether it's up front with one of our prayer members, whether it's at your seat, we're going to pray and say, God, that's the kind of church we want to be, Lord, where we're willing to go wherever you'll lead us. God, we're willing to have those conversations. God, we're just asking, let your spirit fill us and lead us. So church, I'm going to ask if you would stand to your feet.
We're not going to have a formal dismissal, but we're going to spend some time praying. Just ask God, Lord, let your spirit fill me. And after you've done that for a few moments, whenever you're done, you can be dismissed. But don't just rush out this morning. Let's spend some time asking God to fill us up and to be those kinds of people to reach the world around us.